John chapter 4, verse 40 says, so when the Samaritans came to Jesus, how did they get there? They were asking him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of his word. Verse 42. And they were saying to the woman, not as an insult, but as a praise. It is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is indeed the savior of the world. I want to talk about this morning. Now is the time to worship. What impact should our lives have after we leave worship? Part two. What impact should our lives have after we leave worship? Amen. Part two. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your mercy and grace. Thank you for allowing us this opportunity to come. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Anoint me, God, to preach your word now, Lord. Touch the hearts of your people. Speak to us, God. Let us hear the word and respond by saying amen today. We love you. We thank you and praise you. Thank you for those watching online. Thank you for those on the different platforms today. Thank you, Lord, that we can reach beyond these walls. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank God. You may be seated in the presence of God. Thank you, ushers. Amen. 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 I am, it's a bittersweet day for me. Uh, in whenever I get into a series and whenever I get into a particular passage, I I get intrigued. I kind of take a liking to the character. And in this scripture, in this particular we, we can call this a pericope, um, we find that this woman whose life has really impacted minds, to say that here's a woman who was the least in life, and now she has risen to serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is amazing because our lives, no matter what we're dealing with, is on display daily. Our life is a reflection of what Jesus Christ has done for us. I'm going to say it one more time. Our life is a reflection of what Jesus Christ has done in us. And here's the reason I say that, because I know, like you know, if you had your choice, you wouldn't be here. Come on, somebody. If you had your choice, you wouldn't say or change the way you live or do the things you, you understand what I'm saying. You see, there's something greater that's working on the inside of you that has brought you to a place of transformation. I believe as a believer, your life does not stop changing. You're, you do not stop growing. Amen. And, and I want to say this, that even how you handle issues and circumstances and trials, it is a reflection, amen, of what Christ is doing on the inside. Something has changed in you. Anybody could say something has really 
changed in you? May, may I say this? And I want you to always remember this. And not only is it obvious to you, but it's obvious to the people around you. And especially those close to you. We don't have to try hard. Amen. Because what's in us will eventually come out of us. And what I'm what I've been doing in this series, what I've been trying to present to you in this series is that something has to change in you when you leave out of here. So anybody see any change in you when you leave? A anybody experience a look? I mean, something has changed on the inside of you that has brought you back to get some more? No matter what social, eth ethical, or or, or, or moral standing, we must understand something. We must be born again in order to enter heaven. We, we cannot leave Jesus out. We cannot, amen, go out into the world and share any other news other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. I told you last week that the people of Samaria, they were the hated bunch. But now they had hope. God raised up a woman, amen, an unlikely woman, to be a witness. You know what I found out about God? He will always raise up somebody around you to be a witness to you. He will always raise up somebody around you because he loves you to bring a word to you told you last week she was a menace. Now she was a messenger for Jesus. Imagine being a menace and now you're a messenger. Imagine that. She didn't have a Bible verse, but she knew something had changed on the inside of her. I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you to understand you. You need the Bible, but here's the thing. I, I, believe, I believe along with the word of God, it has to line up, amen, with your life. Sometimes when you can't reference that scripture, when you can't get to that Bible verse, when you open your mouth, people can sense, amen, that something is different about you. The other day, on Friday, a pastor asked me, said, you just met me. How can you, how can you say these things about me, about me? I said, the spirit of God is in me. Not only is the spirit of God in me, but after, you, after you've lived for God a little while, guess what you start developing? You start developing discernment. Hello, somebody. And so I want to tell you that when, 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 you, when, when you see Jesus, when you have an encounter with Jesus, your life will never be the same. And when you come to worship him every week, truly worship him may i ask you a question does does your worship turn into a witness you see this woman's life not only impacted her family but it impacted a community because the text says that she went from that city amen verse 39 it says from that city many of the samaritans we dealt with that last week many of the samaritans so this woman went back and she became community focused. 
I wish I had somebody. It's amazing how God will take you, right, and cause you to do stuff that you never really thought you would be doing. I, I want to say this to, to those of you who don't actively serve God. You won't know what that experience is like to minister to somebody else other than yourself until you get into the driver's seat of servitude. You see, because when you serve God, when you work for God, when you work in ministry, part of your progress, part of your process, part of your change comes when you leave the pew and you say, I want to do something for Jesus. Do I have anybody? And I thank God that he has afforded us opportunities to serve him. Just nine months ago, I had what's called a spiritual agitation where I started to feel incomplete. And I started to say to myself, what is this church business about? We're just coming, we're hearing the word, and we're leaving. And we're really not serving. We're really not making a difference, come on somebody, on the outside of the church. And I thank God that when he points out stuff to me, that I'm able to sit down and obey. How many times has God told you, it's time to serve me? Come on, somebody. How many times has God said to you, it's time to get off the bench and get in the game? Do I have anybody? And I found out that when Jesus really changes your heart, when you come into worship, when you leave, the impact it's going to have will be lasting in the lives of the people that you encounter come to verse 40 and the text says and so when the Samaritans came to Jesus imagine that I want to ask you a question why did they come says so when the Samaritans came to Jesus how did they get there the woman who had an impact on the lives of the people in her community so the first impact I see is the impact, first thing. Here's, what, here, here's the impact. The impact of your new life in Christ. Can I tell you something, saints? Your Christian life should not become stale, stagnated. Your Christian life should be seasoned after a while. And the one thing I got to tell you about Christianity, it's not boring. The one thing you got to understand about your new life in Christ, it does have an impact. I ask you a question. Have you ever invited people to church and they say I'm coming, but they don't show up? They promise and they promise and they never keep their promise. Could it be that the way we live in front of them affects their decision? Oops. Could it be your fussing is why 
They're not here yet. Come on, husband. Come on, wife. Come on, children. Come on, nephew. Come on. Come on. No, no. See, there's something about your life that just the invite, Lord Jesus, it will be because those people around you, what they see, they see in the evidence of a new life. Your life can disrupt their schedules. Your life can affect them after you leave worship because your new life is being on, put on display before the world. You know why people can't forgive people? Because they see the same things over and over and over and over again. But if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away and new things, I'm telling you, I'm feeling this this morning. New things have come. And I want to say, my, I want my life to have that kind of impact. I want that every time I come into the presence of God to get my refill. Fill me up, Lord. I want my refill. I come here. This is like a gas station to me because I know one thing. If I go too long, I might say something you may not like. Come on, somebody. I may do something you may not like. So I want to tell you, coming back into the house of God and in worship, it fills you back up to send you back out so that you can make an impact in the lives of the people that you encounter. Do I have anybody? It says, the text says, and, and, and they were what? They were asking him. Mm -hmm. Watch this. They were asking him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So not only do I see the impact of your new life in Christ, but the next thing I see is the impact of your invitation by faith. You know what the sin of silence is? We just don't say nothing. How many people have you invited to church by faith? They were asking him to stay with them. Their faith showed itself in an invitation. They didn't know what was going on, but they knew they wanted him to come on in. And watch this and be with them. In compliance, Jesus stayed with them. Watch this. Her faith was transferred to them, and they, in turn, invited the Jewish Jesus. The Jesus, oh, I wish I had somebody, that they didn't want nothing to do with. The Jesus, come on, somebody. You So, in other words, our lives make Jesus attractive. I don't want, I want to know Jesus. The only way they're going to know Jesus, boo, is because of you. The only way they're going to come to really know him is if you extend the invitation to come. Some people say, I don't want nobody coming to my church. I want, you know, I don't want strangers coming to my church. Hold on a minute. No, we need strangers. We need broken people. Listen, can I ask you a question? 
What can happen in two days when you invite Jesus in your house? What do you think can happen? First, if you want to make an impact in anyone's life, you have to first invite Jesus in. You got to invite him in your life. And then when you invite somebody else to come and get what you got, they have to invite him in. It's a natural process of multiplication. There's something about inviting Jesus in. I'm talking about really in your heart. Two days with Jesus is life changing. They must have. They must have had a desire to spend time with him. They stayed with him to grow with him. Listen, we're not just looking for fans. We're looking for followers. But here's what I found out. There's some people who confess, but they don't believe. There's some people who come, but they never stay because they never really believe. There are some people who invite him in, but they never stay with him. Do I have anybody? And I want to tell you something. When your life has that much of an impact on somebody that they want to know Jesus, then you live in this thing. I look at my life and I ask the question, how many people are coming to him because of my witness, because of my word? Because of my worship, because of my walk, because of my talk, because of my praise, because of my purpose, because of my living. Do I have anybody? This woman brought good news of a great God to a people who was hated, but now they had hope. They wanted Jesus to stay with him with them for two days. I imagine (laughs) two days with the Savior. They wanted to have fellowship with him. They wanted to worship with him. And I thank God that when you've had a worship experience with Jesus, you never leave the same. Can I ask you a question? Do you leave the same every week? Or does something change on the inside of you? Look at the text. The text says, and many more believed because of what? His word. Third thing I see is this. The impact of the word. I say to see you without the word, we don't have no church. All right, we can. I watched some stuff on on you on. I watched some online church the other day. I said, "What is this? They're doing a whole lot of screaming and a whole lot of shouting, a whole lot of singing, a whole lot of falling on the ground, a whole lot of speaking in tongues, a whole lot of this and a whole lot of that." But there's no word to hold them after they leave. I thank God that this woman said, listen, all I am is a conduit between you and God. 
My job is to be a witness. My job, hey, 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 is to worship, and then I'm going to pass them on to Jesus. I'm going to pass it on to Jesus because, can I tell you, I can't change your life. But the word of God can. And you got to be careful of TBN and all the other stations that keep talking about their preaching the word. The word has to be explained. The word has to be dissected. The word has to be presented. The word has to be lived out. And I want to share with somebody here today. It's the word. When people believe in Jesus, they will believe not because of what you say anymore, but because of the word of God. And let me tell you something. There's a passage of scripture that says right there, the book of last book of the book of Luke. And, 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 and this is what it says. It says, and God opened their minds to understand it. May I say this to you today. We are living in the last days. And the Bible is clear that people don't want truth. They want something else. But can I tell you something? The impact of the word is why you keep coming back. But here's the thing. It can't just impact you here. It has to go outside with you and the people close to you will start seeing the change where you're not stubborn no more. Come on, somebody. You're, you're, you're not skeptical anymore. Come on, somebody. You're not stagnated anymore. You're, you're, listen, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. You're not trying to find something else to replace what you're getting. It's the word that changes you and I. The word. The word. A person or an organization that acts as a channel is a conduit. Come on, somebody. Once we get them to Jesus, the word will do the rest. You ain't got to overbear it. You ain't got to be all overbearing and overburdening people. No, get them to the word. The one thing I know about the word is living, is active, is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of our hearts. The one thing I know Jeremiah says, it's like fire shut up in my bones. There's something about the word of God that Ezekiel said that he was, he was, he was in the valley of dry bones. I'm talking about that's what you call a dead church. Come on, somebody. With dead people. Come on, somebody. Folk that just sit there and don't say nothing because they don't understand what's going on. Dry bones. They're dry in their life. They, they have nothing going on. But he says, when I start preaching the word, the Bible uses the word sinews and flesh starts coming on them. And all of a sudden, a multitude had risen up. God raised them from the dead. The word, when Lazarus was dead, 
Ha! And Jesus showed up and said, Lazarus, come forth. The word. Can I tell you something? The word is what impacts people, not candy. Come on, y'all. Not, not giveaways. Come on, somebody. Not manipulation. Not breakfast. Not lunch. Not dinners. Not giving away gas cards and giving away cars and commodities and cash and all that kind of stuff and door prizes to come to church. The word changes people. And if you live the word, you become a living word to somebody else. The word. The word. Not gimmicks. Come on, somebody. Not gimmicks. Not, not feel-good stuff. But, but it's a balance between living the word and hearing the word and, and getting doctrine and getting certain kinds of teaching where you learn how to live. See, what happens in our American mind is we live according to how the culture programs us. But if any man be in Christ, he got a new mind. And if you fall in love with the word, fall in love with the word and I'm going to get a musician. Do that. Fall in love with the word and we're going to get a drummer. See, there's a purpose behind that. Because I want this church to be a church that's built on the word and stays on the word so that when we worship, we're leaving here and making an impact on our community. That's what's really in my heart. That's what I live for. Are you with me? I really admire this woman, man. This woman right here, she, she, needs, a, she needs a hall of fame. She needs to be in the hall of fame because she had an impact. Look at verse 42. We're going to go on home. See, here's the thing. Here's the last thing, and you need to know this. Hallelujah. And they were saying to the woman now, you know what I love about this woman? She didn't even answer back. But you know one thing about this woman right here? This woman right here wasn't looking for no accolades. She wasn't looking for no applause. She wasn't looking for... She worked silently. She did her job and she moved on. Watch the text. And they were saying to the woman, it's no longer because of what you said that we believe. Good Lord have mercy. When you can take some grown men who were broken, where you were sleeping with these men, now you're bringing them to church. Say, hold on now, we don't want no fights in the church, but if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So you ain't thinking about what y'all used to do, you're thinking about where you're going, and you're thinking about the fact that that's a soul that God want to change. Because you were just as broken as them. I don't believe because of your word. He says, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is indeed the savior of what? The world. 
Why did they come to that conclusion? Because of the impact that this woman had on them. And because when they heard it from Jesus, they knew that it really was the word. You have to know what you're listening to, whether it's the word or whether it's washed up stuff or watered down stuff. Last thing, last impact I see here. Ah, you see, Jesus is the gospel. And they confess now, here's the thing, you cannot be saved if you do not believe in the gospel. Here's what the gospel is. The life, the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension and the second coming of Jesus Christ. I believe that these people believe not no more because of her word. When Jesus explained to them what he had to go through in order to save them. The gospel. Can I help y'all with something today? You know why you're sitting here today? The gospel. You know why you can raise your hand? The gospel. You know why you can say hallelujah? The gospel. You know why you can serve? The gospel. You know why you can give? The gospel. You want to know why you don't think the way you used to think? The gospel. Is there anything too hard for God? This was not an insult for her. It was joy. She's like, okay. So here's the thing. I don't have to live up to no standards because just guess what? Just in case I mess up again. Because, you know, as believers, we mess up. You know what our job is? To point people to Jesus. You see. When. You come to Jesus. You may let him down. You may not show up. You may quit. That's why it's so important for you to point them to Jesus. You may not be consistent. See? So pointing them to Jesus and them believing in Jesus for themselves gives them a personal relationship. See? Because in this journey, You may fall. When they start coming, not because of you. See, you know what I see happen to people when they bring people to church? If one person fall off, the other person leave. And that tells me that really they weren't pointing them to Jesus. When the Titanic went under, three messages had been sent that said, watch out for the icebergs. Three messages. Because everything looked all right. The folks taking the message never passed it on. They never sent the warning out to the people who needed to hear and as a result, 
1,500 people lost their lives. The folks who knew kept quiet. Another tragedy of the Titanic was that lifeboats designed to carry the people away from the sinking ship were only halfway full. Because the people who made it to safety in the lifeboat didn't want to turn around and go pick up dying people because they did not want to risk anything with panicking people getting in their boat, flipping over their boats. So the people who were saved and safe kept on going. 1,500 people didn't have to die, but they did. The folks who were saved didn't want to go back because it was too risky. Sharing the gospel has its risk. The risk of rejection. The risk of being made fun of. The risk of being called out of your name. The risk of being called reverend. The risk of being avoided. The risk of isolation. The risk of being asked questions you don't even know how to answer. Yes, there are risks. But when someone is dying, offering them the gift of salvation is worth the risk. What impact will your life have when you leave worship? Sometimes we get in our cars and we're arguing, going home. We just left church. Somebody cut us off and we just, we go to work and, and they're dying people. I don't think, I don't know if this is helping you, but it's helping me. Because I want to tell you something. There are people who are dying out here. And they need to be saved, y'all, because of our witness. But when you come here, lock in while you're here. I'm here to worship, to get filled back up so that I can go back out. And you young people, when you go back to school, it's okay to be Christian and young. It's okay to stand for something or, fall, or you can fall for everything. You have to let your light shine. Amen. Amen. That's my time. Who dinging? Who put me on the lawn? No. Amen. Come on, give God a hand clap. Praise y'all. I'm done. My goodness. Amen. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Amen. If, if you need prayer today, I want to pray for you. Pray with you today. If you want your life to be a have an impact. Uh, it's real, y'all. It's real. This is real. This is this. I've never seen this woman of Samaria like this. Never seen her like that. But today I saw I, this. This whole series, I've seen her like, wow, what an amazing woman who could go back to a place where she was a menace and become a a messenger. The impact of the word and the impact of the gospel, y'all. You know what's beautiful about why they didn't believe didn't believe because of her word? Because she pointed them to the right thing. 
Pastoring is not about being liked. It's not what it's about. I am just a messenger with a message from Jesus. Yeah, I have my personality, but that does not take me from the position and the office that God has given me. And you as believers, you stand in the office of priesthood. You are priests. And you have to represent Christ a certain kind of way.